1: Welcome to the Super J cast. I'm John, joined by Dave McDonald. It is Friday, the 20th of May. This is episode 211. I never know, should I be reading the date in Thailand or the date in the USA? Is this going to confuse people? Uh, I mean, I think they just
0: get the general gist of the week and the show, and, you know, they don't want to hear, you know,
1: it is today is January 6th. (laughs) What the fuck? Um,.
0: No, I, we're just I mean, basically
1: trying to avoid the confusion where we accidentally uploaded one of the pandemic episodes. And people right. were like, what? What's happened? You've just kind of right. shut down again. We went back in time.
0: Um, yeah, that's all we're doing. So, I mean, you can do either one. Whatever one you were more... Co- I mean, it's, what, the 20th there, right? Early morning, yes. once again. Five, uh, four
1: minutes past five in the morning. Jesus Christ. Friday it's the 20th of May. So, right, you know, Friday's a good day for me because... Well, after, after I've done the podcast and I go to work, I get my management time on a Friday morning, so I don't have to teach for the first half of the day. So okay. I just get to sort of catch up on planning and, and my my management bits and pieces, and I get to listen to the voices of flagship wrestling podcast live for nice. three hours of it. So that's a nice little treat. I'm ordering a coffee. So Fridays are a pretty good day for me. So um, don't feel bad for me, listeners, having to wake up early. Um, uh, but I, I am sorry to say this, Damon. The listeners do want us to be miserable today, so I'm going to get this shit out of the way. These absolute vultures, right? Here's the questions: Multiverse A says, uh, "How is Damon handling the latest Maple Leafs game seven oh. loss?" And James is asking me, "How are, how am I coping after the North London derby?" So, <sighs> <laughs> who, who wants to share their misery first? you want to go first? <laughs> you want to go first? Go first. Uh, Feel free. Okay, I'll go first then. Uh, so, we, so we've blown it, I think, barring a. Uh, extremely unlikely outcome on Sunday of Spurs losing to Norwich, <laughs> the shittest team in the league, and then Arsenal beating Everton. We're not going to be finishing fourth. We won't be in the Champions League. Which is really disappointing because we had a, a big advantage there and we had it in our hands and it looked like we were going to do it but we just sort of crumbled at the end. You know, tiredness, maybe we bottled it under the pressure. Uh so yeah, that's that's upsetting. So I've just got into full uh, Mugabe media blackout mode. Not listening to any podcast, no football news. (laughs) (laughs) I'm putting putting it away and and I'm not going to embrace any kind of football content until uh, the the season starts and we've signed some new players. So (laughs) uh, football is dead to me.
0: I'll tell you what, we're in the same boat. We uh, We are twin brothers of different mothers because, boy, oh, boy. They did it again to me, Joel. <laughs> they fucking did it to me again. Once again. We seem to have this conversation like every is
1: it every year this yeah, happens.
0: <laughs> every year this has happened. And it's the same exact thing that happens. It's not like they get blown, you know, the fucking barn door is open and, and you know, it's never in question. It's always, always they're up three games to two. Again, best of seven. They're up three games at two. They just got to win one out of two. And one of those games are going to be at home. Shit the bed every time. Now, again, people will say, well, you played the, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, right? So uh, this is a good team. that we're, we're, Just once. Again, th- think of this as, as the New Japan Cup and, and, and the brackets. And imagine this wrestler who, during the entire year, is... Uh, we'll say Naito level, Abushi level, uh, Zach level. Um, you know, not number one, not Okada, not Tanahashi, but uh, definitely in the mid- Jay White, right? And then come New Japan Cup time, first round, every time, every time. <laughs> And every and every first round match goes to the thirty minute time limit, and they do an extra five minutes, and they shit the bed. <laughs> That's every fucking time. Joel, I'm an old man at this point. I would be considered old at this point. Um, so again, there are m- many rounds in the Stanley Cup playoffs. There's, you know, you're probably about three rounds, and then you get to the finals. Do you know how many years it has been since the Maple Leafs have gotten out of the first round? The first round. Do you know how many years it's been? Take a guess. Take a stab. Take a, g- Throw a number out there.
1: Uh, well, I'll, I'll put it against the last time Arsenal won the Premier League. 2004. That would be quick
0: math. Would that be 18 years? Because that's what I'm looking at now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, you, again, but you're talking about winning the championship. I'm saying, look, the Maple Leafs have won – three games more than the worst team in hockey that's all that's happened they played three more games well they played seven games but they won three more that's it it's it's unbelievable so no i did not have it as a matter of fact i was in the uber coming back from uh capital collision or whatever the fuck it was called Uh, In Washington, I was going back to the hotel and uh, we were me and uh, Joel were were texting back and forth and I had to tell him the fucking Maple Leafs lost. And I got to be honest with you, I was. Checking my phone constantly to see uh, any updates and I left disappointed and I had somebody yell at me and laugh at me for wearing my Maple Leafs hat. I didn't like him, the puncher in the face. (sighs) What are you going to do? Every fucking year they do it, I'll be back again, and they'll fuck me square in the ass again. I love them. God, I fucking love them. Why, I, why do we do this to ourselves? Why the fuck do we do this to ourselves?
1: I know. We, we come every year, like moths to the flame.
0: We really do. It's unbelievable how we suffer, how we suffer. Fucking A. All right. Well, maybe one year. Maybe one fucking year it'll happen, but I'll be probably dead and buried christ it is a sad fucking thing man is it is is would arsenal be for all sports like just your team that's your team correct yes like
1: there's some uh, yeah, sports I will, I will follow england during international tournaments as well okay
0: sure 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 but but that's your team Like the Maple Leafs, my team, all four major sports. I don't give a shit about anything else at every fucking time. So to answer the question miserably, it was was a miserable, miserable Saturday night. I didn't do anything Saturday night after the show. I went right back to the fuck. I'll I'll, I'll tell the whole story in a second. um, I was miserable. I was fucking miserable. And I was like, they did it to me again. They did it again. Eh. So yeah, we're miserable. We were the
1: worst thing the worst thing for me is having to deal with a time difference because like the Spurs game, I thought you know, I should watch this one because I didn't want to miss the possibility of us winning. However unlikely that was. I, if I'd woken up and checked the score and saw that it would be one and missed out on that live experience, I would have been annoyed with myself, even though I thought it was unlikely to happen. So I set the alarm, got up at 2am, What? like 20 minutes in, <laughs> we were two goals down and, you know and we'd had a player <laughs> sent off. So I was like, oh, well, fuck this, we're, we're going to get destroyed here. But of course... No chance! I'm going back to sleep after that because I'm too annoyed. <laughs> just right. like lying in bed for the next like six hours, just like stewing. Like oh god, I'm so annoyed. <laughs> me, too, oh, god. me too. Me too. I was at <laughs> the fucking hotel bed, and
0: all it was dark, and I just just remember looking up at the ceiling, and I just I'm tossing and turning. I was <laughs> I was so fucking angry. Uh, I didn't even watch it. Like I, I mean, I obviously I went to the show. And I had people asking me, like, oh, my God, I thought you weren't going to even be here, let alone, you know, not watch the game in any way. And I was like, no, here's the thing. I've been here six years in a row. And there's the same fucking result. No, I'm going to enjoy this fucking show as best I can. That's exactly what I tried to do. Um, (laughs) And then and then and then the sorry, dude, texts came (laughs) from everyone. Te- texting me, making sure I'm alright. Sorry, dude. Sorry about that, man. That sucks.
1: And um, I have people we- texting me, telling me to make sure that you're okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> it could have gone. It could have gone south.
0: It could have gone fucking south. Because uh, I went, I was starving afterward, and uh, I went back to the hotel area, the wharf area, which is really nice. If you're ever in Washington, D.C., that's. Really, nice, all bars and restaurants on the waterfront. It's very nice. Uh, and one place was open, the same bar that I spent half the fucking afternoon in. Um, but it was so it was so noisy. It was just un- ungodly noisy, and it was kind of crowded. And I was just I was in a miserable mood, so I had like a fucking Guinness and curry fries, which they were not good. And I didn't. I and you know me, one beer is just not in my vocabulary. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even finish the beer. I think I had. I, th- I think three quarters of it. And then I was like, "Fuck it." I'm just going to, upstairs, going to bed, going to bed. Popped an Ambien. Tried to fall asleep. Couldn't really. Got a couple hours sleep, but yeah, it bothered me, man. It fucking bothered me <laughs> because, and here's the thing too: they had TVs on in the fucking bar, and of course they got to show highlights of it. And I'm just like, motherfucker, it's terrible. Why do we do this? Why? Ugh. Whatever. All right. So that's that. 10 minutes on the Maple Leafs and Arsenal fucking taking years off our lives.
1: Yeah. Fuck them. Um, right. Yeah. So we've got a lot to get through today. So I'll try and be quick. There a couple of little news items here. This will cheer you up. Cheering might be that's allowed it. soon. Uh, so... The J-League football stadiums will have Voices okay sections in June. So, of course, this being Japan, they're doing it the most convoluted way possible, where there's going to be certain sections of the crowd that are allowed to cheer. But they've got to continue to have their masks on, and they're not allowed to have food and drink while they're in that (laughs) section. Um, The the cheering sections are going to be used as a half step towards running test games in July with a a quote-unquote normal cheering crowd. So it does look like we're moving in the right direction. I'm still sort of holding up my uh, crazy hope that we get cheering in time for the G1 Climax, but uh, we'll see. But either way, it looks like we will get there eventually, right?
0: Yeah, slow slow and steady w- w- wins the race, I guess. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I- I'm a firm believer too that sometimes you just got to fucking jump into the pool at this point. You know what I mean? Like, and I think we're at the point where it's like, let's just, you know, let's just see what we can do and move forward. Um it's good news. It is good news. It is good news. And I did see that. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Joel. The country of Japan, they are allowing tourists in in controlled tourist groups. Like you have to be and sign up with a specialized group to go over. But again, first step um, in hopefully getting shit back to normal. Um, Look, the quicker the better. We all would agree, but you know, let's. let's, They're going to do what they got to do. They got to. They're going to do what they got to do. So whatever they got to do, just let's fucking get moving in that direction.
1: Yeah, you need to stay with a tour group. So the two of us will be going. We'll sign up for a tour group. Go over for just in time for G one. But what we need, we need two people in Japan who look like us, or at least have like the same sort of body shape, who could pass us. They're going to be like. Decoys. They're going to be the phony Joel and Damon to be in that tour group. We'll do a little switcheroo when the guy's not looking, and we'll run off to the, <laughs> the 19 G1 climax event. So
0: you might want uh, to recruit a family. sumo guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. The other piece of news here is uh, New Japan launching a free non-fungible token giveaway. They get on the oh. NFT bandwagon, Damon, just as the the value of NFTs begins to plummet. <laughs> in the fucking toilet. Um, no. Bad New Japan. I'm rolling up a newspaper, smacking them on the nose and saying, naughty. I'm going to say it flat out. If anybody buys
0: this thing. (laughs) like again, I always say, I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money. If you've got money for it and you want to do it, knock yourself out. But yeah, come on. What are we doing here? Is that Rocky Is that Rocky Romero? <laughs> He's big into that. Wasn't he? Wasn't that? I mean, everyone was thinking um, that. <laughs> yeah. It just yeah, does seem I don't like think a there's very a Rocky on. thing to get into. Yep. Yep. It's him. Um, I I wonder. I, I mean, can I ask why? Does anybody have a – Can can someone give me a reason why – like, someone would do, like, why would a company do that, I guess? Like, why would, what, what's in it for New Japan, I guess is my question.
1: Because oh, they think people are suckers, are going <laughs> to put their money into this nonsense. All right. so, like, do we know how much this costs? So, at the moment, it's just an NFT t-shirt that they're giving away, so a, a non-existent t-shirt, it doesn't really exist, okay. so you need to uh, follow New Japan Global on Twitter, retweet the tweet, and then fill out and submit an online form. So I guess they're just sort of using that to maybe test the waters to see <laughs> how many idiots there are following the product <laughs> and if they can shake them down or not.
0: Uh, uh, shake them down, Boy, I tell you, that's um, <laughs> just preposterous at this point. <laughs> I mean... Uh well, I again I don't understand. Okay, but fine. Do, again, spend your money how you want to spend your fucking money. But boy, oh boy, I can't think of anything dumber to buy. All
1: right, let's move on to Capital Collision then, which took place Saturday, May 14th in Washington, DC. Um Multiverse A says, How was Damon's experience at the shows over the weekend? Did you have a nice time?
0: Yes. Um low-key. Um I only met up with a couple people. Um from the I maybe mean, that that I had already known from our travels in Japan, um, who were also over there at the same time. So um yeah, I it was nice, you know, at the media hookup. There was a big long line and I got ushered right to the front. Actually it was a, a different entrance for Washington. Um the arena was full. The arena was full and it was like it felt like a legitimate Building, You know, this wasn't like a fucking parking lot in the middle of a car dealership. This was a this was a true building. It's it's a building where um, the WNBA team for Washington plays. And so um, they had the stage set up, which probably cut like, oh, I'd say like a third of the, of the arena. But the rest, it looked full, which was great. And the crowd was into it the whole time um knowledgeable and fun and it, i'll tell you what the one thing that i that i came away from mostly was there is a huge difference between hearing the people that listen to the show and the people that communicate with us and all of that and then going to a live event of of that size which again sizable um and i think Obviously, Chicago will be more. We're looking at almost seventeen thousand there. Um, like I'll give you an example. As much as we kind of sort of hand wave Bullet Club, like we're kind of over it. We've had seven, eight, ten years of it, probably more, and we kind of, eh, you know, it is what it is, and you know, nobody gets too pumped up over a fucking Bullet Club. Bullet Club is still huge. Joel, I'm telling you, there was not a group, a faction, a wrestler, nothing uh, that had more t-shirt representation than fucking Bullet Club. Like there were a ton of people still wearing Bullet Club t-shirts. And and, and truth be told, second in in t-shirt count. Wasn't even a wrestler. It Was just like the lion mark. It was the you know the New Japan logo. I'm telling you, I couldn't like I couldn't believe it. But then I guess I c- can believe it. But I, I you know I don't know. Super. I would say for every f- third person at a fucking bullet club. Not nah, maybe that's not, the, but uh, there were a lot. There were tons, and and it, there was more than I thought. So uh, make no mistake about it. Fucking bullet club is still a thing, especially here in the states.
1: Yeah, I've said that from the start I mean the the sort of more disillusioned snarky corners of the fans and might hand wave it but it it is big amongst casual fans casual western fans and uh, I think they're doing a good job with the current storylines actually um I will say from my end the fight stream was much much better I had almost good. zero problems with it so very well done to new Japan for pulling their finger out and, and getting that sorted so let's get into the matches then so yeah quick thoughts on these first was. Carl Fredericks defeating Ren Narita in ten minutes thirty two seconds with the MD. Uh, where do you think we're at with Carl now? Because he's engaging in this feud with QT Marshall and the uh, the factory at AEW. I think he's starting to put it all together. To me, he is looking more like the wrestler I hoped he'd be, rather than the one who was sort of spinning his wheels over the last eighteen months.
0: Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. And like he feels like. Like he's ready to make a, a move, you know what I mean? Like he's not. When I say a move, like just up the up the ladder. Like he felt. He, let's put it this way: the, since the last time I saw him, which I guess would be when was the last time I fucking saw him in the ring, like live, uh, it might have been like a Philly show or something like that. But like, I just feel like there is just there is a noticeable difference in him. Um, I thought that match was really good, actually, the the opener. And the crowd was hot. Everybody was into it. Yeah, I think, like, to me, there's no, like, if I'm putting, if I'm buying an NFT on any of those young lions coming out of the dojo, like, he's my guy. And I know we were not down on him where we were just kind of like shaking or shrugging our shoulders and like, "What the fuck are they gonna do with this guy because I think you're right, it did feel like we were just spinning our wheels he's he is a fucking guy like he is a he is someone that like I can see two years down the road, three years down the road at the most being a guy in the mix like you know how like we fawn over Jay white now like there's to me he's the next Jay White, right? I mean, obviously they're going to do something and repackage and all that fucking shit. But to me, like he could be like top foreign star level. Um, I, I'm that high on him.
1: Yeah, me too. I, and I think it was this match and the the Josh Alexander match they had recently where I thought, yeah, now, now we're cooking. Now he seems to have found his confidence and he's, sort of working at a higher pace, higher intensity in the ring and having those, you know, exciting closing stretches that we like to see in New Japan matches. So I don't know if this year's G1, if it's a 20-man G1, I think that might be a bit too soon. But if we yeah. get some sort of expanded G1, then I wouldn't bet against Carl Fredericks being in it because, I mean, he was supposed to be in the New Japan Cup last year. No, two years ago, I think. So I think we, we've got to make up for lost time here. So I think Carl Fredericks is a guy who, we want to bring back to Japan soon to see what we've got there. Um, uh, well, okay, second match then. We had a 10-man tag match with Team Filthy, Tom Lawler, Royce Isaacs, Joel Nelson, Jar Kratos, Danny Limelight against Fred Rosser, David Finley, Tangaloa, Yuyu Uemura, and the DKC. So Danny Limelight got the pin over the DKC after 40 minutes, 48 seconds with the Symbio DDT. I do still find it strange seeing David Finley and Tangaloa on the same team. That's just still a little bit jarring to me. And... Yeah, it's a good match. I mean, these these 10-man, the multi-man tag matches are always good, entertaining. Everyone gets their time to shine. The finish was a little bit messy. I think Danny Limelight had to go through that spot twice. There so was some talk about maybe the ropes being a bit too loose, and a couple of incidents involving the ropes where things kind of fell apart. Uh, but Ian Riccoboni worked really hard to <laughs> cover it up and say, oh, what a great veteran move by Danny Limelight. Uh, repeating this to the same spot basically, so he, really? he covered for it really well there. But these, yeah, these multi-mans they don't miss. They set the table for Filthy Tom versus Fred Rosser, which I know you've already seen, but we won't spoil it for our listeners who are uh waiting to watch it when it actually is uh is televised. But uh, I will sort of jump over to my strong review rather than doing it separately because on strong, the second match was a handicap match. So Tom Lawler set up the challenge to Fred Rosser and said, Right, if you want another shot at my belt, you have to beat. West Coast Wrecking Crew in a handicap match, and of course you sort of your WWE brain was thinking, oh well, of course the babyface is going to overcome the odds and, and manage to beat the, the tag team and get the shot. Um, but no, and it was like a sort of seven minute squash match. He basically got battered by the West Coast Wrecking Crew and lost. And then there was this whole segment afterwards where forced him to. He said, "Right, well, no, you, you know, you didn't manage to beat my challenge. You lost the West Coast Wrecking Crew. What are you going to do if you still want this title shot?" And he ended up having to shave his hair again. And Filthy Tom was eating Fred Ross's hair. So again? I just, I thought, <laughs> again, yeah, I just thought it was really great. You know, the babyface doesn't get to beat the established tag team just because the story dictates it, and, and that made West Coast Wrecking Crew look good. I think surprised a lot of people who were in that you know, standard. WWE brain modes and uh yeah it was good kind of the haircut can remind me of a uh, Suzuki at Wrestle Kingdom twelve was like Fred Ross is snatching the clip is like no I'm gonna do it myself and then he cut a great promo afterwards. So yeah, this this uh 10 man tag match is more setting the table for that upcoming strong open weight title challenge. But again, these ten man tag matches always a great time.
0: Absolutely, one hundred percent, and you're right, it did build toward the next night, um, in Philadelphia and uh Again, Joel doesn't want to spoil. That's fine. But uh, I would say you definitely want to go out of your way to watch. I'll say that. Because the match itself, I thought, was, if not the best of the Philadelphia tapings, it was one of the better ones. Yeah, it was one of the better ones. I really
1: enjoyed it. And I think everybody in the crowd did too. So, Um,
0: yeah, I think you should tune in for that.
1: Also, just a quick word. Tangaloa seems very over with the fans in that building. And uh, Yuya Uemura looking very thick. He's He seems to be putting on a lot of muscle mass. And he's got his lovely mullet. He's, he's looking great. Oh, boy, Yuya. Okay, third match then was Chase Owens defeating Greto Khan in 8 minutes 46 seconds via a roll-up. Yeah, great Khan, I mean, what great babyface energy. I mean, this be, might have actually been the first time for him working in front of a crowd that was actually allowed to chant his name. So I did note that, that people were chanting for Great Khan, and it must have been a really cool moment for him. And I thought it was interesting as well that on this weekend, and with uh, a couple of the opening Best of the Super Juniors match, that United Empire were positioned against more established heel factions. So they were getting babyface reactions by and large. So I was just wondering if this is maybe a slight recalibration of the unit as more of a tweener faction than a heel faction, like sort of like LIJ were back in 2016, 2017. And I think watching this match, my big takeaway was that there is a lot of money in a future Great Khan babyface run because people oh, yes. love to cheer him. They kind of love to hate him as well, but I think deep down, people love this guy. So he looked like he was having the time of his life out there working in front of a loud crowd. In what you know, on paper, people might have handwave, but I thought it turned out to be a really good match. I love the
0: match. I thought the match was great. He, I'm telling you flat out, like aside from. Okada, Tanahashi, Mox, I'm trying to think of who else, maybe Jay White. Maybe, maybe, he was right up there with some of the biggest like pop, like baby face pop um, of anybody in that building, anybody, anybody in that building. And I'm telling you flat out, seeing it on TV is one thing. Seeing it live is another thing. He has the best fucking entrance of anybody on that roster. And and the good news is, is that it doesn't end when the bell rings. It's not, he's not all entrance, but it is so great. And I know we've said it before, but like what he does could very easily slide into goofy or hokey or corny or whatever. And it doesn't, it's fucking cool. And it, and I, and here's what it really gives me it kind of gives me somewhat like great mood vibes like that entrance it's so like like those are going to be things that we will remember in you know in a, when he's positioned in a spot where they're really trusting in him imagine those fucking tokyo dome entrances i think those things are going to be amazing, because even right now with no pyro, no fucking just him and his charisma and that fucking gimmick and, you know, music and the the, the, the video playing behind him. That's about it. He is. He was. And again, I think a lot. helps the fact that he's a good dude and people like following him on online. And obviously the incident, you know, helping out the small kid. Come on. How can you not fucking love him? And another thing too, he was the nicest guy like with, at the gimmick table. Um, I like, here's the thing. I'm kind of over the, let me get my picture taken with a fucking pro wrestler. For ten bucks, ten bucks. I was like, "Sign me the fuck up. I'm in. I'm getting my picture
1: taken with this motherfucker." And, that's exactly and sorry it. to interrupt, but I, I remember people who went to—I think it was the New Beginning US tour in early 2019. I want to say, saying that they were feeling bad for Ocon when this was early on in the gimmick, and he was there at the you know the merch tables, and meet and greet tables, and wasn't very popular, and him looking a bit sad about that. But now look at him.
0: I know. I was one of them. I remember our good pal London Joel, um, texting me and giving me the scoop when he was going to those Rev Pro shows. He's like, and he was first on board. Like he was one of the first guys on board. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck is this? I don't, I don't get this at all. And I listen, and I'm always late to the fucking party. I mean, me and my like when, I, when Naito started doing the fucking his current red hot, maybe one of the hottest gimmicks in pro wrestling. <laughs> and I was shitting on it, you know. I'm, I'm not always quick to the fucking party, but now that I'm here, I'm in. And he, he made he made some decent money. There were people, there were people buying the shit. Good for him. Good for him. I'm proud of him.
1: All right. Well, with that topic, Damon. Quick thoughts on. The cyborg, no, the android, not the cyborg, the android Alex Coughlin.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm going to be honest, and this is my opinion for what it's worth. I know it's worth more than everyone else listening, but okay. I hated it. (laughs) I thought it was fucking just silly. And... He has, like, I'm sure everybody's seen pictures of it already, and it's like these, like, are they guns on his shoulder? Like these, like, I don't, I don't know even know how to describe it, but he's holding a mask. It looks like, and it, which looks like he, he fucking stole from Ishimori's locker. Um, And he's got this, like, like power pack that he's, I don't, uh, I don't get it. Is he a, is he a cyborg? Is that what he is?
1: I think so. I, I recall hearing somewhere that he's like a massive Mortal Kombat nerd. So I'm always fearful that that was going to bleed through into his gimmick choice somewhere. I guess uh, Rocky was too busy with the NFTs to vet the gimmicks properly. It was just like, yeah, 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 sure, whatever. I don't know. It just,
0: and, and it took forever for him to get it off. He has like young lions helping him get this fucking contraption off of him. It took fucking forever. I don't know, man. I, I, I didn't, A, I did not expect this. And B, it's going to it's going to take me a little bit. I'd start start the party without me. I'm going to be fashionably fashionably late to this to this
1: party as well. Right, yeah. Fast forward to Wrestle Kingdom 18. <laughs> we've got the main <laughs> event: Great O'Con against the Android and his Okay. Well, let's move on then. So the next match was the uh, eight man tag match between uh, TMDK and United Empire. So Jonah, Shane, Haste, Mikey Nichols, Badu, Tito defeated. Aaron Hanare, Carl Fletcher, Mark Davis, Jeff Cobb, Mikey Nichols getting the pin over Carl Fletcher after 12 minutes, nine seconds following the Thunder Valley. This match, I mean, I enjoyed this match, not just because of the match itself, which I thought was really, really great. A lot of fun, but more just how fresh it feels. Very excited for these new guys to get to Japan and thinking particularly about the tag division. If we put in uh, Mikey Nichols, Shane Hayes tag team for representing TNTK, we put Aussie open in that tag division, then, Already, you know, and that's not even thinking about teams like West Coast Wrecking Crew or, you know, maybe even Raponky Vice is thrown there. But the world League, I'm thinking this year, could be actually good. Could be actually good this year. Uh, We got some little Jonah versus Jeff Cobb teases. They previously met in PWG. And someone in our Discord said Jonah pulled a very NXT face when they uh, bumped into each other in the ring. And uh, also Badu Tito has joined TMDK. So a nice moment for him in a really fun match. I love it. I thought the match
0: was really great. And yeah, you're right. It was, um, it it did feel like a breath of fresh air because a lot of these guys, you know, I don't think we've seen here in the States or let's put it this way. I haven't seen them. Uh, like Hanare, this is, I don't remember Hanare ever being on any of these New Japan shows in the States. So that was cool. Um, and I thought the match was great. I liked the little spots with Jonah and, and uh, Jeff Cobb. I thought they were fun. Everybody was was pumped for the the big guys slapping beef. <laughs> Hot. Uh, and you're right. World Tag League will be amazing. You know, if we hold on to everybody that we have right now, it could be. It, here's the thing. It, it might, not, might not even be good. It might be pretty fucking amazing. Now, again, is everybody, is every night going to be spectacular? Probably not. But, uh on paper, it should be should be pretty sexy.
1: Totally agree. Uh, then we had Brody King defeating Minoru Suzuki in nine minutes five seconds with the Gonzo bomb. Tony totally Khan flexing his uh, bookie power there. AEW <laughs> guys always go over. Uh, what did you think of the match?
0: <laughs> uh, I, I I will say that it did that finish kind of. Shocked me, and it shocked everybody. Like, like you, I felt like you've heard a gasp when it happened. Like nobody, because I don't think anybody in the building expected it. He, he's another guy that you know. I mean, he always gets the cheers, and he always, you know, everybody wants to sing along and and all that. But he was like, people were really looking forward to singing along. That's for fucking sure. Um, Yeah, I, I like Brody King a lot. I don't know how you feel about Brody King, but I like him a lot, and. I think he's one of those guys that I know he's kind of mid-cardy guy in AEW, but like I just think I think he's a really good big man. Like I'm I'm I w i wish he had again, how are you gonna how are you gonna make this work? Like only so many people can hold a fucking title, but like, he's a, he's one of those guys that I just wish somebody could do something more with. Uh, but but that being said i mean you got a clean fucking pinfall <laughs> you know that's that's uh, that's i think that's a pretty fuck look let's put it this way new japan circled his name to go over i, I think it's pretty telling right i think that's something to to look into and 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 watch with uh, sharp eyes right don't you think
1: yes i think that's intentional this is one of their biggest us shows of the year and to put him in for a Pretty high profile singles match and have him win. Again, I'm thinking a strong possibility for G1 later in the year. Oh, man,
0: there's a lot. I mean, I want a 30 man. <laughs> I want I want 40 men in that fucking tournament because there's a lot of people that I would love to see in it. I just don't know how they're gonna they're 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 gonna how they're gonna squeeze 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. You know, it's there's just so much. There, there's an overflow
1: of possibilities. So. It's got to be expanded. It's got to be more than 20 men. I'm convinced.
0: It has to be, right? Yeah. It almost almost has to be.
1: All right. There you go. And then we had a special fingers match with Tomohiro Ishii defeating Eddie Kingston in 60 minutes, seven seconds with a vertical drop brain buster. The, The love for Eddie Kingston continues to flow. And this was exactly the sort of match to showcase his strengths and have that sort of brawling style and a lot of people saying this is sort of like the the king's road style against the new japan strong style which is really uh, fun to watch uh what did you think of it i loved it i thought it was i know wasn't there a
0: time where you were kind of not down on eddie king's thing but you're just kind of like i don't know if you got it or or it just wasn't connecting with you or whatever i I get it Uh,
1: he's he's really good he's good at what he does
0: Yep, he is really good, and the th- the
1: thing that, that
0: that I think people enjoy about him the most is that he's authentic, or at least he at the very least he feels authentic, right? Um, that's I think that's his the, the biggest appeal to him. And again, he, he's a hard worker, and he's um just I don't know, just raw and fun to watch, and Ishii is Ishi, so. You know, you put those that, that fucking combination together, and I don't know, like going into it, if I was like, "How is this going to fucking work? Is it going to work?" They pulled it off. I thought the match was really good. I thought they were. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, um, and I think Ishi had his. Uh, he always has his working shoes on, but I think even like a like a a little notch above, right? Little notch above. I think here's a here's you and you mentioned it. I think a lot of these guys, maybe not the people that have you know are in the states more than they're in Japan, but the guys that they brought over, I think, really put on extra effort hearing and 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 feeling a crowd in in the arena. I think that was a huge factor in, again, was it the Tokyo Dome? No. But I think like Ishii, Tanahashi, Okada, e- even to a certain degree, Suzuki, you know, Ishii and Suzuki have done uh, AEW, um, but like United uh, Empire and Okan and all these names that for the first time in how long has it been? Like two years? Like they, Like they're into it. And again, they might go to Rev Pro for a shot. I, I get it. But a lot of these guys are wrestling in front of a crowd, for the f- a noisy crowd, for the first time in a long fucking time. And I think they were there for it.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw the Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho match from AEW a while back. But as soon as I'd seen that match, I knew that he was going to be – this was going to be a good stylistic matchup for him against Ishii where they could just drop each other on their heads and hit each other really hard. And uh, everyone would have a really great time. So then we had a tag match with Jay White and Hikuleo defeating Kazuchika Okada and Rocky Romero. So uh, Rocky was a late replacement for Trent Barretta, who I think he had COVID, so I hope he gets COVID, better soon. I think yeah. he is fine now. And uh, yeah, Roppongi Vice uh, reunited. So we'll see what that means for the future. But um, again, I'm going to jump in with uh, a strong review here because we are talking about Hikuleo. And I don't know if you have seen it, but there was a match between Jay White and... Who defeated Hikolayo on strong in the US of J open challenge match. Uh, 18 minutes it went, so Jay White did win. And first of all, I mean, Jay White, maybe already the case, maybe he's improved, but he's just become such a tremendous TV wrestler. And here they told a really compelling story of Hikolayo having the size and power advantage over Jay's experience and cunning, but then you know that experience helping Jay White to chop down Hikoleo, dominate him. Every little transition in the match had a really cool moment of Jay outsmarting and outmaneuvering Hikoleo. But more than that, Jay gave a ton to Hikoleo. He took his shots like they were death. And this was Hikoleo's best match by far. I haven't seen any matches that were even as close to being as good as this one. Hikuleo looked really good in this one, despite losing. He had that explosive change of pace that creates drama played into the dynamics of the match where you think he was just about to power through the knee injury that Jay had been working on and get the choke slam, But there was a, a picture-perfect reversal into the Blade Runner at the end. So just a tremendous match. If you haven't seen it, I strongly recommend you check out Jay versus Hikaleo from Strong because that really showed me, okay, we might have something here with Hikaleo. And again, the fact that he has been picked for this spot, big semi-main event spot to be wrestling alongside Jay White and against Okada I think that is deliberate. And again, I'm not saying that, oh, Hikolo is definitely going to be in the G1 this year, but it is that elevation that I've been asking for for weeks and weeks and weeks. I want to see him having that step up and, and doing some serious stuff. And this is it. And we've got, you know, this really interesting story with him seemingly turning turning his back on his brothers, his, his Destiny brothers, and siding with Jay White and the Bullet Club. And getting to, to showcase that here in a big spot against stars like Kazuchika Okada. Um, what did you think of this tag match? I really
0: thought like so you mentioned the J White Hickolea match and I agree in in the sense of like I, I what I wanted to see was not necessarily could Hickolea like go head to head with Jay White like I I wasn't really looking for that cuz I didn't that wasn't my expectation really my expectation was can he do enough to let Jay carry him? Like, that that was my expectation. Like, is he good enough to let a guy who can really construct a pro wrestling match, can he kind of ride that wave? Can he go with the flow? Can he follow that direction? And I think he exceeded those expectations in that match. So now going into this tag match, He's now he's, you know, we're tagging with, with Jay and it's a big spot because on the other side, you got Rocky Romero, who, again, we talk about it all the time. Like, like he is a a litmus test. He is a a guy that, you know, helps pro wrestlers get better, (laughs) right? That that's really what he is. And arguably uh, the, the the best pro wrestler in the world right now in the same ring. So that was a big spot. And I thought he held his own. I don't think he w- looked lost. I don't think he looked um, out of place. I don't think he, uh, you know, it wasn't like there was a, f- a thread on the sweater and it, and things became unraveled. Now, again, you have three guys in there that are, you know, if things started to fall apart, you might not even fucking know it that they were that good. But again, that being said, if if I'm looking, uh, uh, I'm watching this match with somewhat of a critical eye, or something that I really wanted to focus on. Aside, let's let's see a great match. I really wanted to focus in on Hikaleo, and I think he held his own. Um, So yeah, you're right. Like I I don't know who said it. It might have been Kevin Kelly. Might have been on this show, um, talking about Hikaleo and what. Like a diamond in the rough, like what like a guy that that keep your eye on? And for the first time, like i I see it like the, for the first time, I'm like, okay, all right, like like I th- we have something here, not I think we have something here. Like we have something here. Um, so that so like that match kind of got me amped up in the sense of. Like I just started thinking about like, God damn, this fucking company, like the future of this company, Like I feel like it's in really good hands. Like I felt good, like just kind of having these moments of, of clarity on a lot of these guys that I haven't seen in, in a long, long time in a live environment, like, like improving vastly improving, like we're in a real good fucking spot. We're in a real good fucking spot. Um, And he, I think he shined. I really do. I think he shined.
2: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing slab packs from arena club, Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net, arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast
1: Yeah, completely agree. Um, also, we had Leo Rush coming out and joining on commentary and made some comments of the ring about people in the junior division he'd like to face. Uh, forgive me for being cynical, Damon. I'll believe it when I see it. When he's exactly. actually cleared to wrestle and in that ring and the bell rings, then <laughs> then I'll start talking about Leo Rush. Yeah, and
0: and and even then, I'm going to be looking with a okay, how long are you sticking around? So we'll see, we'll see. I mean, here's the thing. I'm um, I'm for it because I think he's a talented dude, but you know. Um, We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: So, main event was the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship four way match where Juice Robinson was the winner here against John Moxley, Will Ospreay, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Juice pinned Ospreay after 15 minutes 45 seconds with his new move called the Rock Slide to become our new IWGP US Heavyweight Champion. It's really hard to say that. IWGP US heavyweight champion. So, yeah, very, really fun match. I mean, they don't do these sorts of matches often in New Japan, but I thought this one was really well laid out, well paced, well booked. There were some great spots in here. I liked John Moxley playing off spots that happen in a singles match with Osprey, and then adjusting to them. Like he was sort of countering certain moves, like the the powerbomb thing he counted into his own pile driver and... The hidden blade at the end, he managed to, to dodge that where he got caught by it in the previous match. So that was quite cool. Like He'd been studying the tapes and learning from it. Tanner, uh, actually, oh my goodness. I mean, this man <laughs> continues to take ridiculous bumps. The Wrestle Kingdom Brilliant. table one, the, the ladder table one against Kenta, and then this one here, it was just crazy. But just that aside, I thought it was a really smart way of using this match as a chance to put some shine on the Juice Robinson uh, heel turn and um, fresh coat of paint in front of the U.S. fans, and he looks like a changed man. So I'm just so happy to see him back in the spotlight and seemingly getting a bit of a push here. Yep,
0: yeah, he looks he looks he looks fresh. New coat of paint is right, and you're right with Tanahashi. And again, it kind of goes back to the, that live crowd environment, giving them an extra little boost, and and them giving us a little bit more than they normally would. I mean, I don't know for sure. Like, I don't have the math in front of me, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think this was a bigger crowd than G1
1: Dallas, right? So the attendance for G1 Climax in Dallas was 4,846.
0: Yeah, and and I, and as I say, there was no fucking way there was 4,000 people in that fucking building. <laughs> no way. Uh, are we counting empty seats as well? Uh, we're counting people as two? Because uh, it really didn't feel like it. All right. So there you go. But again, big crowd, Washington. They had their working boots on.
1: Yes. Uh, and obviously continuing this story with Will Spray getting screwed by the referee, so another uh, dodgy finish here, so we'll see how that one plays out, and again, I don't know if that's going to necessarily lead to a Will Wheel Wheel spray face turn, but it is interesting that the stuff that they're doing with United Empire at the moment, uh, so Bash's Capital Collision was one of my favourite New Japan shows this year, even the stream was good, considering this are you enjoying the US product or Japanese more and are you enjoying things crossing over of storylines on these big U.S. shows? It kind of feels like two different products to me at the moment, just the sort of aesthetics of it the personnel and the different crowds well you know one we've got clapping and the occasional bit of noise and one we've got sort of normal cheering so yeah it does uh, sort of stylistically feel similar but just the little aesthetic changes make it feel different and and here's an interesting one from andrew who says when was the last time new japan had a run of great big shows as good as hyper battle don'taku capital collision and you could even throw in the anniversary show it really does feel like new japan's hitting their stride now it does
0: and it's amazing that they are able to do what you what you say is, you know, two different feels um at the same time. You know, we got uh, we have a solid best of the Super Junior so far and we had a pretty great show and that and and yeah, they're right. That's a that's a nice run of of New Japan shows and you and you feel it. Like you like I, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the first time people really got a, a solid show in that area, or because there were people that traveled for that fucking show. Like people traveled for that show. I mean, I drove a couple hours. But that's no big deal. But there were people that did more than that. Um, it felt it felt like a it felt like a good show. You know what I mean? Like it felt like a it felt like a New Japan Pro Wrestling show. Um, and everybody had fun and. Yeah, I think it's a highlight of the year so far. A highlight of the year.
1: Can we have a quick spoiler-free word on the Philly tapings? Yep.
0: They were good. Um, There was a Will Ospreay homicide match, which was good. I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, There was another multi-man United Empire. um, Was it Team Filthy, was it? I don't forget. that was good. Um, the, the Lawler-Fred Rosser match, again, I think people should go out of the way because I thought that was very good. Um, and then Tanahashi and, and Chris Dickinson was good. Um, again, I know people were kind of shocked that Chris Dickinson was was there, um, that they used them. They did. They did. But again, I, it's a weird thing because... And I, and I texted you this, because we were going back and forth on this, it, it wasn't like he got booed out of the building. It wasn't like the reaction was... I, I don't think it was that negative. I don't think it was negative. Like, I, I just feel like sometimes we're in a bit of a bubble. And I don't... I, I, like they, if they didn't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer to
1: that. But... Well, can I I'm be th- asked interrupt it. you with a question? A classic Catch says, Chris Dickinson got to wrestle Tanahashi at the tapings. The advertisements for the Tanahashi match also stopped when the accusations were made public that they still had the match. Why do you think this company hid him in DC? Because originally the match graphics showed he was supposed to be in that 10-man tag match, but he was replaced with Tangaloa. Uh, so why do you think the company hid him in DC and allowed him to wrestle in Philly? Now they're just going straight ahead and promoting his upcoming match with Renarita. What did they hope to get out of it? So that's what I think is the, the strange thing, that they... In my opinion, pulled him from the DC show. But now I think maybe they were just sort of waiting to see what the crowd reception would be at these tapings and then just sort of testing the waters by, you know, throwing out some tweets and saying, oh, he's going to be wrestling Render Eater on Strong next week to see what the response is. And I yeah. guess that the response has not been as vociferous as they feared and so they're just gonna they're gonna plow on ahead with that and I'm not putting a value judgment on that. I'm not interested in watching it wrestle anymore, but um that seems to be what's happened here. Okay. Um or you
0: know maybe there's enough that New Japan felt comfortable in in using them. I I don't I mean I d I don't have the answer to that, but maybe that's the case too. You know that that the situation has been cleared and it, you know i don't know but to me oh, look they try to like, Marty's go back in right i'm
1: i'm quite uh, i know they don't have the suspicious. best they don't have the
0: best track record i i i can I'm, I'm 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 not only can i agree i'm right there with you and it does feel like it's look there was the last match of the night right and mm-hmm that that match might not even see the light of the light of day. Right? That might just have happened in Philadelphia and they never air it. Um depending upon, you know, which way the wind blows. Um but it does feel like that. Yep. We're going to we're going to keep you off this live show and then we'll have you wrestle this match and then we'll see we'll see which way the wind blows. That's exactly the feeling that I got too, so. Um but again, I I don't know. I don't know if everything has been been settled or cleared or, you know, that I I don't know. Um, But it does feel to me like it's one of those. Let's see which way the wind blows situations. And which which, again, I don't necessarily think like what like what would be the harm in not having him on the shows on either of the shows or any shows until until it is taken care of, I understand he's under contract. Okay, just we're not we're just not going to use you on these dates. Go go to the gym, <laughs> you know. Go do something. Well, until this is, this is settled, this is this is sorted out. Um, and if it doesn't get sorted out, then then we have a problem with this contract, right? That's that's really that's I think that's what people are just m- m- most like. Why why would they even have the match? we're a match just sit home that's a that's you know i don't want to speak for everybody but that's kind of like the one thing that left me scratching my head like just just don't use them until until this gets taken care of
1: well i mean if they're worried about you know they thought people had bought tickets because they wanted to see chris dickinson they wanted to see that that. specific (laughs) well I, i know but even if they thought that was the case let him wrestle the match but don't air it, you, you know, don't televise it. And so we are. they are going to put out Dickinson versus Red Narrator on next week's episode of Strong. So again, if that's something that you feel strongly about, uh, you know you know what to do. So yep. let's move on to Best of the Super Juniors. Press conference was tremendous. They always are. I like doing the sort of fashion reviews. Clark Connors' outfit was the clear winner by far. Uh, Hiromi's Little Song of Dance was good. Kanemaru and Taguchi corpsing. Uh, Despi, absolutely ethering Doki with some really... Uh, vicious comments. Uh, There's a lot to enjoy there, so that was good fun. Uh, Louis also says, "Question for music, Damon: What does he think of Blank Paper song for the opening theme to Best of the Super Juniors 29?" <laughs> I don't. I can't. Can you hum a few bars for me, John? I don't. know I, I, I always skip the entrance. The, the, me I go too. Straight to the, the tournament matches.
0: Right. I, I. I can't lie. I can't lie. I can't pretend to be like, oh yeah, it's really good. I, I have no fucking idea. I don't think I've heard a note. Uh, I'll go. Uh, maybe I will. Um, I won't remember, but uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, if it's like any of the other, you know, every they all sound the same to me, to be honest with you. So um, unless this one is, <laughs> this, unless this one opens with a synthesizer, which I highly doubt, uh, I'm, I'm guessing a rocking guitar uh, intro. And uh, yeah, so there you go.
1: All right, so let's check in with A Block. So at the top, we have Ace Austin on four points. who beat Clark Connors and Kanemaru. I uh, enjoyed this tweet from Andrew T. Rich during the uh, Austin versus Clark match. He said, it's like watching a battle of male strippers from two very different theme nights. <laughs> so uh, Aramita says, will Ace Austin's performance get you to watch Impact or just become one of those guys who always meant to watch Impact? Look, I will say this. On New Japan World, there is a, a fantastic Josh Alexander versus Ishii match uh, under Siege is the event. So when they do put these impact matches on world, I always watch them. So I think that partnership is definitely going to get more eyeballs on the product. I think Ace Austin is looking really good. He's, I, I know the sort of gimmick is what if gambit from X-Men, but wrestler, but I think he's got confidence. He's got swagger. I think he's had two solid to good performances so far. I think he's getting popular with the Japanese fans. I know uh, talking to Manabu, Manabu's really impressed with him. I think it's been a really strong start from Ace Austin. He's been a guy that's, that, you could tell
0: really is into being there right from what i understand like he's he's diving headfirst into the food scene and and um really making the most of his trip which is great fantastic love it and to boot i think he's having a fucking outstanding outstanding best of the super juniors like i look i, I don't know if it, if it's something where I only have a, I only have so many hours in a day. Sorry, I'm not Joe Lance. I don't do good fucking organizing my time. But that being said, like like he's worth watching. Like I would I would have no problem popping on uh Impact if if I know he's in a high profile match. Absolutely not because I Let's put it this way. I don't think there's anybody so far that I that that I've been hand waving. Nobody. And it is kind of cool that there are guys that are Like, you know, the way this thing is booked, it it is a little bit shocking that a lot of these guys that are brought over have decent, I mean, maybe except Wheeler, Utah, (laughs) Um, all of them seem to be, you know, I don't well taken care of so far with when it comes to wins. And and listen, we know that'll change because it's early,
1: but uh,
0: nice to say, nice to say.
1: Hiromu Takahashi, also on four points, he's beaten Yusuke Taguchi and Francesco Akira. Uh, The Taguchi match was not one of the best ones they've had. I mean, if you're into the comedy with Taguchi, I'm sure there was something to enjoy there, but it was the weaker of the three uh, most recent Best of the Super Juniors matches between them. Uh, I thought the Akira match was great. I mean, we'll talk more about Akira later, but you you kind of expect that from Hiromu at this point. And, you know, he said in his comments, oh, maybe people are bored of the idea of me winning my third consecutive Best of the Super Juniors Uh, it's not one that excites me personally, but still just having him as the V star in a block and having him for these main events is uh, always fun to watch. And I mean, what more is there to say about Hiromu? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, you know,
0: he's, he's the guy that I think everybody has circled. But with that being said, look at the names that are, that are in that a block that he's being leaned on heavily to, to be that star attractive star attraction and be that, that focal point. Um, I, I, I don't think anybody's sick of him. I don't, I don't think anybody's even sick of the idea of him winning the whole thing. Um, but he's obviously the biggest star in that fucking block.
1: Yeah. I, I think he's a, a useful point there for the newcomers to see, okay, let's see how you do in a big singles match against Hiromu to see what you've got. So, you know, you're circling the calendar when the likes of Ace Austin and Alex Zane get to wrestle me to see, you know, what have we got here with these new guys? Can they put on the, the absolute peak style, junior style New Japan matches? Um, let's talk about Alex Zane then, also on four points. He's beaten Sho and Kanemaru. And I was surprised at that, particularly getting the win over Sho. That's a, a big win there, given that Show I think is a... A commodity in the junior division uh, so Alex Zane he, he's colorful with all his red costumes uh, he is someone who I think is really embracing uh, the language he's tweeting in Japanese uh, the culture he's enjoying the food he's eating natto and he's made himself so popular already with the Japanese fans you just look on his Twitter and if fan art is anything to go by a ton of fan art from Japanese fans uh, for Alex Zane I think he's going to be a guy who has made such a good impression already that New Japan are going to want to keep him around and I could see him being working for New Japan on the regular. Uh, I did enjoy Chris Charlton referring to his learning excursion in WWE, <laughs> <I> did, <laughs> which yeah. was hilarious. And he's doing this whole sort of Taco Bell themed uh, wrestling offense. What is it? The Cinnamon Twist is his finishing move. And yeah, he's a guy who I was a, a little bit wary of because he has got a tendency to, botch stuff you know more complicated spots but i think he's been great so far he is one who's really really impressed me i mean he is massive (laughs) he's sort of towering over a lot of the juniors in his block but i think as someone who's been yeah really really good so far and he's been given uh you know two big wins off the gate and someone who i've got my eye on because he's made a a, a tremendous start so far
0: yeah I i like the fact that like all these guys that they again brought over um ace austin alex zane Um, they feel like they fit in, like they don't like, you know how, like in some best of the junior, best of the super juniors, you would, they would bring in people that they just didn't feel like they were in the mix. Like, like, I feel like these guys fit in really, really well. Um, and again, maybe it's the appreciation for being there. Maybe it's the the fact that they embrace, you know the 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 language and the, the you know the, the place that they haven't been before or if they have it's spent a long time and or the food or whatever I like just i really feel like this is a really good good group like i like i like the people in group a <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm rooting for people in block a just because i feel i don't know i just feel like they they really, they like like those guys really want to win. If that as goofy as that sounds, um, and they really want to be there, like that. That I think comes across more than anything else.
1: Yeah, they've been you know sitting at home watching these uh, single block uh, domestic roster only best of the super juniors, and I'm sure they're sort of chomping at the bit waiting to get over there. And, and now they are there, and you can tell they're determined to make the most of it, and you can tell. Uh, okay, so Taiji Ishimori, he's the junior champion. He's got four points as well. He's beaten Yo and Taguchi. I, uh, to be honest, I thought he lived up to all the, the stereotypes in the Yo match. I thought he slept warm Me too. I found, I found that really boring. But he worked very hard in his hometown Sendai match against Taguchi. Maybe he's peaked there. I don't know. I, will, I will be. I don't know surprised, but I'll be curious to see if he matches that work rate in any of his subsequent matches because I thought Taguchi match was a lot of fun. Yo match, stank. All right, but are you putting
0: that on him or are you putting it on Yo? Uh,
1: yeah, little of column A, little of column B, because right. we'll talk about Yo a bit later. But um, that's certainly the match didn't do Ichimori any favors. But let's—I mean i will wipe the slate clean with a Taguchi match because I enjoyed that one.
0: Okay. I mean, to me, he's one guy that I'm like—I'm on. Like, if I'm giving out a letter grade, I'm probably going a C. Um, and again, it's early. I think I think the best is yet to come.
1: Francesco Akira he's got two points he beat Sho and then lost to Hiromu he's he's only 22 years old this kid he's got a great work ethic I know he stuck around in Japan during the pandemic to work with all Japan I think stylistically he's a great fit for New Japan like absolutely no questions about his ability because you could tell particularly in the Hiromu match this is a guy who can absolutely hang with the best uh maybe questions about his size but you know it's a junior division I don't think he he looked uh like he was not a, a credible wrestler against any of these guys and uh, it was just interesting, uh, Jacob says, do you think Akira knows he's in a heel faction? He has been <laughs> putting a lot of babyface roles so far. You know, having the, the wrench spot with TJP taking the wrench away against Show, right. and just the energy and his, his response after the Hiromu match. Um, although United Empire are nominally a heel faction, it just seems like a, a little bit of a strange fit, which either makes me think, you know, that, again, I, I said earlier, recalibration of United Empire, maybe they are not the pure heels that, they were initially positioned as, but either way, Francesco Akira, tremendous start so far. Yep.
0: 100% agree. Um, I don't want to say that, that he's earned himself a, a position or a, a long-term spot, but it feels like he's earned himself a position in a long-term spot. And there's probably, you know, highlights to come. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the five guys that we've mentioned so far, I've, I've been super thrilled with. Let, let me take that back. Four out of five, I've been super thrilled with.
1: Okay, it's going to be four out of six now because we're going to talk about Yo, who has two points. He lost to Ishimori and he beat Clark Connors. Both matches I found pretty dull, to be honest. Um, th- this was his big interview, his big promo at the press conference. I will do my best in every match this best of the Super Juniors. Thank you. Um you know, we called Yoshihashi a bag of socks. This is my analogy now. Yo, he's not a bag of socks. He is a single white sock. Lost <laughs> its partner a while back. He's now functionally useless. Nothing inherently wrong with it. It just sits there in your drawer. Every time you see it, you think, I should probably match that with another similar sock or just throw it away. Uh, so <laughs> Michael says, how would you fix Yo? And can we start asking him to take off the white shorts? It's like he's deliberately tried to construct the most interesting boring <laughs> gimmick personality imaginable like the kind of guy you you would dread to get stuck talking to at a party like what is going on with this guy <laughs> i don't know i don't know
0: it's it's it's, it's baffling to me uh, he like he is he's so insignificant right now like just and and to to boot the matches are you're right they're just like I don't know. You got to shrug your shoulders at this point. Like he, he's. How many opportunities do you think this guy's going to get later down the road? I just, I just don't see it. I don't know what it is. I'm. I, I maybe he's not interested in doing this. I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I, am I'm, But I'm very curious. Just to, I wish I could get in, into their, like, just get into his head. I don't know. I, but here's the thing: there are there are people that have been tossed terrible gimmicks, and have made the most of it. Like I don't even like what is his gimmick? Like what is his? Like seriously, if you were going to say, "Okay, new fan, I'm I'm popping in for best of the Super Juniors," uh, you know, tell me about Alex Zane, tell me about Hiromu. tell me about Doki, tell me about whatever. Tell me about Yo
1: Joel. Like, how would you, how would you describe him? All I can say is maybe uh, if I'm being generous, he's doing this on purpose. He's trying to be as boring as possible so that there's going to be a big turn coming. He's going <laughs> to join Lij or something and suddenly become interesting because it's like he's like a, a, a bathroom sign, like the, you know, just like the, the cutout or the default creator wrestler. Like you know, when you go to create your gear, he's just left it blank and be like, yeah, that's fine. I agree.
0: He's, uh, I don't know. I mean, they, 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 you would think there's, there's something in the future and, and we're, and we're trying to be as bland as possible so that when the spice comes, we'll be, uh, we'll be all in, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you.
1: Never going to be as spicy as the zest of the Sauce Juniors, Alex Zane. Uh, okay, so to Show, who's got zero points. He lost to Akira and lost to Zane. And look, I don't think it's a coincidence that they've used Show to help get over two of the new guys. He worked really, really hard to make them look good. And honestly, I'm finding Show more and more entertaining to watch as he's working out his character I'm finding him a lot of fun. Uh, the funny faces are great. He's making funny noises as well. The <laughs> face he did when TJP took the wrench, I thought that was very, very enjoyable. The promos are great. He's just like this deluded man who who thinks he's the baby face, protecting the honor of New Japan, and he's accusing everyone else of cheating. Uh, I'm saying it shows good now. Uh, so Dequan says, "What is your opinion on Show losing his first two matches?"
0: I think he'll be back with uh, a nice little run, like they normally do, and I think Show will be in the mix toward the end. I'm not a fan of the funny faces. Um, I think the matches have been good that he's been in, but y- you're right. I mean, well, no, I-, I would say you're right in the fact that we got plenty of funny faces and you're wrong in the sense that they're enjoyable because I hate them.
1: <laughs> I really do. You, you'll come round. I'll be accepting right. your show. Apologies by the end of this tournament. I'm sure. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kanemaru also got zero points. He lost to Zayn and Austin. So much like show, Kanemaru has been given the key job from day one of making you guys look good. And, and, Kanemaru, he's the barometer for a new junior in New Japan because if you can't look good against Kanemaru, then you're not good enough, basically. Uh, It's just an absolute pro and looking forward to seeing him pick up some of his own wins, pick up some sneaky wins in the future because uh, I enjoy Kanemaru a lot. Me too. Um, And again, if, if we're looking at a role of Rocky
0: Romero-ish, like that's your guy in, in this block. So, yep, I agree 100%. I don't know where he'll be point-wise, but I don't think that's the important part. I think the important part is let's showcase some of this new
1: talent. Uh, Ryusuke Taguchi also won zero points lost to Hiromu and Ishimori so yeah Hiromu match was so so uh, Ishimori match I thought was really good he, and so he's doing this gimmick where he keeps threatening to be serious he's like I'm going to be completely serious in the next match and of course doesn't so there might be a payoff to that at some point maybe he's just going to be like do like proper hardcore wrestling and none of the, the silly shit at some point in the tournament but, um, but we, you know what you get with Taguchi but I'm yeah, hoping we get pro- yeah <laughs> Uh, all right, then let's talk about Clark Connors. Uh, zero points. He lost to Ace Austin and Yo. He's not been given a huge amount to work with. He still feels a bit like a young line in the booking, at least. I think we need a breakout tournament match from him. And it's tough because he's been positioned mostly as like the first or the second tournament match on these cards. But I'm looking at his match with Hiromu in Ota City on the 29th, where I think he's sort of fifth there. Uh, that's one of, where it's a, a double block night. So... That one, I think we'll see what we've got with Clark Connors, but so far, not a lot to get excited about.
0: No, but again, going into this, we were talking about how don't look for a lot of points, don't look for um, too many marquee matches. But again, you're looking for improvement. You're looking for when he gets that, you know, fourth match, fifth match, sixth match. That you know, th- is he taking advantage of the time to shine? I think he will. Uh, Again, we haven't seen much yet, but
1: um, I mean, we're two or three nights in, so I'm not too concerned. So B-Block, we got El Desperado on four points, who beat Titan and TJP, so two main events there. He he just feels like the star of the tournament. He's been booked like the star. He's got more main events than anyone else. Both those... Matches were excellent, and uh, you expect it from Despy at this point. You don't get surprised. Wow, that was a great match! I thought the the TJP match in particular was fantastic. So uh, El Desperado, he he just feels like the guy in this Best of the Super Juniors.
0: Yeah, and 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 I can't say that anybody should be shocked at that at this point. Like he was, he was the foundation of that junior heavyweight uh, division for a long time, and, and in in the most troubling times.
1: So. Yeah, he's going to be in the max. I think we all agree on that. El Fantasmo on four points. He beat Bushi and Master Watto. A lot of G1 talk from ELP. He says he's going to win best of the Super Juniors, become junior champion, and then enter the G1 as junior champion. He's looking a lot more muscular. He's, He's putting on that mass. And he's getting clean wins. He's not doing the loaded boot anymore. You know, he's still acting heelish. (laughs) There was a funny moment where he bonked heads with the referee yesterday, which was quite funny. Accidental, but still quite amusing. And look, I made the Kenny Omega comparisons a while back, just in terms of someone who started off as a a goofy junior, but then turned out to be a serious heavyweight and and a babyface heavyweight. And of course, El Fantasma, he's his own man. He's got his own unique, goofy, shithead charisma, but... All the evidence I've seen so far in this tournament has only intensified those comparisons for me. Uh, so Hayden says, what do you think about ELP winning best of the Super Junior? So how, how do you think he's doing so far? Yes,
0: it's uh, – I don't know this year. I don't know. Again, what g ones going to have to have 30 fucking people in it, right? It's it's going to be impossible. I just I just can't see it this year. But the idea of him being a heavyweight, I think – again let's give credit where credit is due joel was was first in in that driving that bus and you know each and every time there's little little bits and little bits and little bits that kind of lead us in that direction so i would not be surprised at that but i just can't see
1: g1 this year let's talk about docky who's on two points He feel beat El Linderman and then lost to Wheeler Utah. and he's been cutting tremendous English promos on Utah. He's uh, talking about the seatbelt, the Jorge Rivera special. So uh, a guy who is very talented with languages for sure. And yeah, I thought two really great performances, both those matches I enjoyed a lot. And he's again, just the story of Doki, a guy who came in as a late replacement for Despy uh, a few years back and now is one of the guys I look forward to the most. And I think not necessarily a dark horse to win the block, but certainly a guy, when you see him come out, you sort of rub your hands together. Oh, great. It's time for Doki. And those two performances so far have been really good. I'm, I'm enjoying him a lot. Think of what you said there. Like, we're rubbing our hands together,
0: looking forward to Doki, who, you know, when he debuted, we were all kind of, uh, who is this? indie sleaze guy. Um.
1: And now he's out there but wrestling he's what- like ROH pure style matches against Willie Utah and <laughs> stealing the show. Right. Seriously, and uh, you know
0: uh, charisma to boot. So what I say he's he's a highlight. Yeah, what I say he's like an like a, 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 a of that block. He's like the guy I'm looking forward to the most. I don't know about that, but. You know you're gonna get fun shit out of him, <laughs> you know, it's not gonna be boring, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I think like is right now Doki's head and shoulders above like Master Watto and Bushi and um even
1: yo, <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> like if I if I had to take my pick of all those, I'm taking Doki. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, Robbie Eagles, two points. He beat Wheeler Utah and I thought that was a tremendous match on the opening B-block Me night, too. And then lost to Bushi, so there's this sort of story going on between them where Bushi, more often than not, has got Robbie's number and was able to uh, outmaneuver him again this time. Robbie Eagles, he's a great wrestler. What, what more can you say? You can depend on him to put on great performances, and he, the, the, the best is yet to come from him. Yep, and he's my dark horse to win the whole fucking thing.
0: Come on, Robbie. Let's go. Let's do this. Make me look like a fucking stud. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's great. So what do you you want me to say?
1: Let's talk about one Theodore James Perkins, who's on two points. He beat Watto and then lost to Desby. So, yeah, he's beaten Watto and got that claim for those uh, junior heavyweight, junior tag titles which i think we'll, we'll be seeing at some point in the future him and akira teaming up and again the fact that we are seeing them together so akira is always coming out with tjp tjp's always coming out with akira that is not for nothing and look uh, as as uh, joe says the wokes won't like this one but uh, i'm gonna say it. i think he's been really good i thought his match the main event yesterday against despi was fantastic and you know a lot of people are just gonna heap the praise on despi for that and rightly so but tjp more than played his part so i think he's a guy who again, can be relied on to put on quality matches. And yeah, it might be an a idiot who says daft things, but maybe I'm in mean, the minority here. I think he's a really good wrestler and it, it's been uh, brought out so far because I think these two performances have been very good. Yep, and you're not alone because we've
0: been saying it for a long time for those of those people that watch strong and he's, there's not a, there hasn't been a bad match. Um Again, you could disagree with his politics. You can disagree with his uh, world views and uh, knock yourself out. But I think to deny the fact that he's a good pro wrestler, I think that's, I mean, I just think that's, it's just not an accurate statement. Um, and, he show, and he's showing it here too. You know, it's not like he's phoning it in or anything. Like he's He looks excited to be there as well. So I think it's a good fit so far. I think
1: it's a good fit. Wheeler Utah. two points. He lost to Robbie Eagles and then beat Docky. Again, two matches that I thought were really, really good. Again, he's not been positioned in semi-main events or main events. These are matches that have come – I think they've both been like the third tournament match on the card, but he's still managed to make a really good impression, and he's got that – Like I mentioned before, wrestling, that sort of ROH pure style, the grappling has been really tremendous, those sort of transitions and back and forth. And he's got, he's picked up that aggression and that intensity from his affiliation with the Blackpool Combat Club. And I think that's added an extra dimension to him because he feels, he looks like a killer out there, basically. He he just, he's got that expression on his face. He just looks like someone you don't want to mess with, basically. So I've really enjoyed his output so far.
0: Yeah. He's, he's been really good. And I guess one of the things where, you know, people like us were watching these shows and every near fall, you're just kind of like, Oh, (laughs) because it is one of the most interesting storylines is, okay, who is he losing to? Who is he not losing to? Um, And, and that makes it a little bit, I don't know, maybe a little bit more fun, maybe a little bit more, you know, everything counts at, at at that point. So I'm, I think he's he's been outstanding this tournament, yeah, and and the best is yet to come.
1: El Linderman, two points. He lost the Docky and then beat Titan. Uh, I was quite shocked that he lost the Docky, Actually, I thought he might be you know given that he's from an outside promotion, he might be protected a bit. But oh man, that Titan match was fantastic and. Not to mention the fact that the day before, on his day off, he'd been working a, a great main event against uh, Irie. So, you know, he's doing these big main events on his day off and then coming in and having a match against T-Town that I thought was worthy of a main event anywhere in the best of the Super Juniors. Those guys just went to work and so impressed by El Linden. I and mean, he's so fun to watch. He's just like this little ball of energy and just like, suplexing people out of their shoes and there was, you know, blood coming out of his chin. That just gave it a tremendous look as well. And... Yeah, uh, this this guy is really special. I I really hope he sticks around with New Japan and the relationship with Glee looks like it's a positive one so far. If it means we get more of El Linderman, I'll be a happy man. Yep. But that was my that might have
0: been my favorite match so far. Um just spectacular. And, and 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 let's be truthful here. It had no reason to be. It really didn't. Um but they were fucking going balls out and it you know, to me Everybody, everybody not everybody, certain people who follow the scene were the first to point out that Teton might be the most uh, valuable player um, in this tournament. And so far, I think he's lived up to that.
1: Yeah, well, let's talk about Titán. Then He's on zero points, lost to Despi and Lindemann, but two fantastic matches. Uh, Frank says, I'm such a fan of Titán. Do Either of you think he'll stick around a bit after the tournament. It'll be fun seeing him in the junior title feud. I think he could. I think he should. I think this is a guy who apparently has taken Ryu Lee's spot in CMLL. He could take Ryu Lee's spot in in New Japan as well. He's a guy who's not as flashy and spectacular as Ryu Lee, but I think just as talented. And these two matches, if, if they're anything to go by... Against despian and Lindemann. I agree with you. That Lindsman match was my favorite of the tournament so far. was uh, was great. I love Titan, and I think maybe in previous years we haven't really noticed or appreciated how good he is. Uh, maybe he's just improved. Maybe he's got better over the last few years. But a, a guy who I think we should not sleep on—he is a, a tremendously talented wrestler, Titan. I agree. But here's
0: the problem, though. Like we've seen him in past years in different spots, whether it be Fantastic Mania, whether it be here in Best of the Super Juniors. Um, would it be great to, to have them? Yes, of course. Where do we sign up? Um, the I kind of feel like the likelihood of that happening, only because it hasn't happened before. And why wouldn't it? Um, I don't know. It kind of has me thinking that it, it probably won't. But um, I don't think anybody would complain if
1: it did. right? But I just don't see it happening. Bushi has got two points. He lost to ELP and then beat Robbie Eagles. Uh, look, Damon, Bushi—he is in this best of the super juniors tournament. And, and I know the critics, the naysayers—they're going to say that he isn't, but he is. I checked, right? He's <laughs> definitely in the B block. His record right. is one and one. You can see it for yourself. It's on Wikipedia. So all these haters who are saying Bushi's not really there—I'm I'm sick of it, Damon. He is in this tournament. But Bushi, yes, he is there. I've, I saw him with my own
0: two eyes. He's Bushi. What do you want me to talk about Bushi? you got to go to work soon. I'm gonna, not going to waste it. Right. Bushi's been fine.
1: Okay. Last he's person fine. we'll talk about then is uh, Master Watto, who's on zero points, lost to TAP and ELP. So he's not doing well against the three initialed wrestlers with a P at the end. But he's not fucked up yet, Damon. So I'm winning so far on our little wager. I think he's been ah. perfectly good in both those matches.
0: I agree. So far, so good. So far, so good. But again, we have, we have a long way to go. So uh, don't count those chickens before they hatch. Uh, he'll he's bound to fuck up. And here's what the problem is: it's going to be in a higher profile match that everyone will see. That's what he's going to fuck up.
1: All right. So that will do it. Uh, I need to get to work. Oh, I'm just going to do one question before we go. Go Because Antonio is very mad at me that I have been answering his questions. So we'll answer his very important question before we get out of here. So let me read it. So uh, first question is this. Do you guys think there is corruption in the company happening between this Kikuchi guy and Dick Togo to abuse power and screw somebody who isn't part scheme? This kind of relates... This, which it was reported, Nosawa Rongai left Noah as booking and brought the Peros Stable with him to Dragon Gate. Question is, you guys know it was announced that Dick Togo was going to return to DDT. Then main event of Dontaku House of Torture didn't appear at main event where other Bullet Club members did. So he bring the whole House of Torture group to DDT like Nosawa or he's going to DDT by himself. Please this time answer my question. For fuck's sake, please don't ignore my question this time. Please don't go with the time excuse this time because you guys tend to mostly ignore my questions either with or without time. And I want my questions to be answered, not ignored. So please, for for fuck's sake, don't ignore this time. Well, I do have an answer for you, Antonio. All those things, and Kikuchi and Dick Togo and Osawa a wrong guy and all the booking, all the backstage politics. So get ready. Uh, here you go. This media has been disabled in response to a report by the copyright owner, TV Asahi. And that's all the time we have this week, uh, Damon. Oh. So we're going to get out of here. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. If you want to join our Discord, you can send me a direct message on Twitter at CobraKawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast for our lovely t-shirts. Big thank you to Editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LousaHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network for other great shows. Give us a 5 star review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and goodbye.